Yeah, okay, so, yeah. we just watched the trailer. Initial thoughts. Who wants to go? I think Candace should go first. I think Candace should go first too. <laughs> yeah. In the room. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you all know from my text that I disassociated from the very first image because it's us dancing in oil, and obviously that's not a thing. We don't do that. And I noticed that a lot of our and I noticed a lot of my Osage peeps, a lot of my Osage community, they found the image to be funny. So they were laughing at it. And so, I don't know, the first thing I got was like, ah, this this feels like a very white lens. Like, yeah, that looks cool. And yeah, it's like poetic and dramatic. But I was just, I don't know, I felt like a little separated from it. Like, that's, we don't do that. Well, and I know it's it's probably, a, it's a metaphor, probably, probably a visual metaphor of some kind. But then as we get we get into the meat of the trailer, we see Lily and it's very hard, of course, for me to watch this trailer because knowing a bit about this story like I do is that um, I know she's in danger and it's very hard for me to watch Lily, someone I know, and knowing who she's playing, who she is and that family and that community and our tribe, watch her even in this uh, trailer like being in danger, knowing what she's going to go through, the hell that she's going to endure and experience. It's kind of difficult for me to even watch the trailer. I'm just one person who was having this reaction because there were there's plenty of Osages out there who are excited and they they want to hear the story told. I will say something that that did please me in the trailer was that it very much felt like uh, this is through Molly's eyes, you know, and uh, Scorsese did say that this would be a film through Molly's eyes. But I'm also looking for clues in the trailer, uh, the way that I did for Revenant, which is, you know, I'm asking myself, who is this story or who whose story is this? And, um, you know, Revenant, I heard a lot of complaints from uh, some of my other Native friends who were like, oh, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, he's being white savior. And this is another white savior film. But, you know, looking at the first screen, looking at that first image, listening to the first voice that you hear and the ending image going into Revenant, like I knew that this was not a native story. I know that we are supporting characters in Revenant, but that's why I went in expecting that, knowing that that's Leo's story, Leo's character story. So I'm looking for this too in trailer, in the in this trailer. And um, so I, I'm surprised and I'm pleased to see that, yes, Worse, this seems to be going through Molly's eyes, but we are hearing Leo's voice. So I'm feeling like this is maybe a true co-lead story. And that does excite me. You know, this idea that Lily might actually be a co-lead with Leonardo DiCaprio. So that is something that that is exciting. Um, you know, and I'm seeing some of my people that, that I know in the, tra in the, in some of my Osage people, some of my people in my community who are uh, in the trailer as well. And I'm just hoping that they get their due. Everybody does look great. Everybody's costume wonderfully. So um, that is exciting. And of course, um, hearing some of the reviews from, from Khan, that it still makes me hopeful. I'm still gonna go in probably loving, hating it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm going in with some wariness and kind of afraid for Lily. You know, I'm just going in with a lot of kind of angst I'm gonna go in with a lot of angst in my in my body so uh but how did you guys feel I think any film like this we're all gonna or I shouldn't say we all but we all go towards with a bit of trepidation until we mm -hmm. see it and see how it's handled it was exciting to know the backstory about how he met 
with Grey Horse and hired all these people above the line and all these artisans and stuff to work with and how the whole thing changed after he met with them, which I think is so important. And so I'm, as far as the trailer itself goes, I think it's really put together really well because you go from this very empty prairie to all of this colonized wealth in just a quick span of time. And you hear the drums at the beginning and as the trailer progresses, it turns into the train and it gets faster and more intense. And so it's just, it's how progress is just running over these people and killing them and is what I got from just the trailer. Yeah, I think it's going to be a compelling story. Good movie. I'm excited, but I'm also, you know, holding my breath, hoping it's not going to be something awful. We've had our hearts broken so many times, right? And it's sort of like, okay, I'll go on one more date with you, but please, <laughs> I'm begging you, don't do this again. We're not doing this no more. We're not doing this no more. What do you think of it, Tully? I think like when I was, so when I was in, you know, part of my first couple of years of school, we were assigned to read Men's Spirit. Of course, I didn't read it while, while it was our class assignment, but after, like during the summer, <laughs> I read it. And that was my first time, you know, learning of the, the Osage murders and everything. And in when we were talking about it in school, they were like, well, there was a TV, a movie with the, who was it with? With the guy from It's a Wonderful Life called FBI Story. And they talked about it in that mm -hmm. film. Yep. And I was, and I have not seen that film yet. And I was like, holy shit. But when I was watching, when I was reading the book, and I was like, I was like, holy shit, this is this would make a great movie. And someone needs to do it because not everyone knows about this and not everyone's, you know, talking about it and like all this shit that's going on. And so, you know, Killers of Flower Moon comes out. I I listened to the book and I prefer the other books like Mean Spirit and Pipe for February. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping yeah. that at least use those as a source because, you know, Code of Flyer Moon is a, what do you call it, like a journalistic report on the incident that happened, whereas those other two books are, are more, they felt more real to me, if that makes any sense. So I felt those emotions. I felt those characters. And so yeah. I'm hoping I get that. Well, I, I'm not saying I'm hoping I get that feeling because you don't want that feeling that you have when you're <laughs> reading these books and watching those movies. But that idea of like getting that story across. I never read, read Death of Sybil Bolton, but that's what someone mm -hmm. had uh, said to read also. And so for me, like seeing it, like you said, it's it's still through wide eyes. It's still, you know, you got Leonardo DiCaprio and then a lot of Indian people. And so... We'll see how it goes. I know that he, they worked really close with the Osage Nation. A lot of the Osage people up there are excited for this for this film that I've talked to, and they've also like um, worked. We're in the community, worked in the community, and I know they brought in you know one is a great filmmaker to help out with it, which is uh, Sunrise Tipicani. And so I know at least with that much happening, we got Sunrise who worked on it, and that's they gave Sunrise some work and some some money. <laughs> Did they? Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing too. Yeah. Is that they were. Did they they would, the other thing too is they did hire Osage first before they hired outside natives. 
So that was a good thing too. Yeah. yeah, that was nice to see other like Osage names on the call sheet besides the characters. That was really nice. And then seeing them on day every day on the set, that was very nice. I do remember that it was, uh, I had such a visceral reaction when I walked into locations and it seemed like it was, it was like right from the photos, which of course is something he does. And it was like both a shock and like, I didn't, I didn't know how to take it because some of those were, you know, many of the locations were at the places where these events also happened. So like also quite a shock. Um, I think he is, this is, you know, partly my own interpretation of this, but I pretty much think that he would rather be considered a historian than a filmmaker. And I think his filmography sort of wrestles with that a little bit. And I think that's part of the meaning of the aviator also is that like somebody who's known for one thing wants to be known as something else. So like, I uh, understand his um, hair for history. So I'm expecting to see things that I haven't seen about this tribe, this time period and the information that we have. I feel like we're going to see it from a, at least a new perspective, perhaps. I don't think that, um, you know, Lily is, doing really well in the trailer based on what we're seeing one thing i was really impressed by is just like the the regality or like this confidence that she has and there's a strength to that even though the outcome we know will be tragedy it just feels like she's going to be treated well it seems like as a character prior to those moments and the 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 kind of ways in which it seems like the trailer's emphasizing her seems to be privileging her with a a sense of a strong character regardless of like her identity so i think i'm curious about how that will play out but i think it's pretty much going to be a, a dual role or dual protagonists that are both anti-heroes i'm pretty sure it's going to be de niro and leo mm. that's my feeling just based on especially like his filmography and it's interesting that you bring up that it might be a white savior film because i feel like it's definitely going to be a white lens and I don't think he's really hiding all that all that much but I don't think it's going to be a white savior I think it's going to be a, a white perpetrator narrative mm. um, just like looking at the rest of his filmography we're often looking at characters who are doing the wrong things for the establishment of the United States like this mm. I feel like will sit firmly in those themes across all of his films that's just my anticipations uh but i don't think that she's going to be without her own recognitions i'm pretty sure she's going to get nominated and yeah. i feel like you know the story will be heard um regardless of whether this was the right material to start with yeah yeah I, but yeah yeah i had a there was someone in my community who wrote in one of our uh, facebook groups who said that we do not yet know, or that we as the Osage Nation, that we do not yet know the impact that this film is going to have mm -hmm. on us. And that'll be, I think he meant good and bad. And I thought, oh, wow, are we setting ourselves up for some kind of reign of terror, tourism kind of thing in Bahuska? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. A, a film this large, and it will continue to have a, a place in a major discussion as as we 
move from now into Oscar season. And with all that, I think it's going to come with the Pandora's box of that will include tourism. I mean, it already happened when they were shooting. Yeah, there was an increase in tourism. And I and what's interesting is like during the process of shooting, it seemed like a lot of the financing that came from the film went to the restoration of roads, which was interesting to me. Um, yeah, like there's a there was a repaving and it felt like it was easier to drive down the center of Ahuska than it has ever been because of this particular film. But I, my sense is that it probably will increase, you know, both all kinds of tourism. Yeah, that's my. It's going to be something. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it could do that. But I mean, you know, if we can control the narrative of that, hopefully it opens mm -hmm. up the understanding of, of the history that we have always talked about, but the outsiders do not know about. And even as we were talking about before we recorded was like the land allotments had similar situations where like uh, the Muskogee Creek people had that Choctaws where it was, you know, about taking up land and, and the way that they did it. And there's the, um, the Lisa and the Hickory Research Institute who's been kind of trying to get that word out about the, the creek lands here in Tulsa. And when Tukabachi was one of the people that when he was dying, some uh, some white caretaker took his his land, signed off his name on the wheel. And so that land was right where they had the, the gathering place now. And so, but, you know, we don't recognize that or we don't talk about that. We don't know well, about now, that. Have you not read Russell Cobb's book? That's all I was about to get to, but yeah, tell us oh, about yeah. Russell Cobb's book. Yeah. The great Oklahoma spindle. Yeah. And so it's it's not just that one incident. It's an mm -hmm. incident over time through history. Mm -hmm. And so we we got to figure out how to make sure that that's known so that it doesn't continue happening because it's kind of happening now, even with, you know, with with what's going on with Stitt and all that stuff. So, yes, there's still land adverse possession or adverse land possession, there's still that. We still deal with that here. I think it's a way to like sort of get ally folks who are like true crime addicts to become allies and history fans and maybe even activists, dare we say, you know? Like I could just see like really well-timed TikTok or shorts where people are like, if you liked this movie, let me tell you about my grandma's story or something like that yeah, yeah and I, th I think even on the larger scale i feel like this is going to open the doors for other material that's similar i feel like that's often the case of like these large tentpole films mm -hmm. and somebody comes out and responds with their own film a couple of years later mm -hmm. well in all of all of the press conferences around con he was very distinct in saying that this is not it started out as white savior in his mind but it turned into quite the opposite mm -hmm. just because he met with gray horse just because he met with osage and learned the rest of the story and i want to say that yancey had posted that like that whole opening scene is pulled from a pipe for february is that right it's been so long since i've read the book can't even tell you yeah i i do know that they came back and reshot once they like had some interactions you know i think that i think there was a, a tribal screening so that they could feedback and adjustments but they definitely reshot more material because of responses. And I wouldn't doubt that it's from the beginning. I don't remember the beginning. Book club. A book, book club, club episode. Yeah. Yeah. Club. yeah. Got to talk about Pipe for February. 
Yeah, we probably should right. read both of those yeah, before we October 6th. Is that oh, when the movie right. comes out? October yeah. 6th? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if I can read two books before. <laughs> <laughs> I can listen to them if they're on audio. If I might gush for just a minute, can we just talk about Red Carpet at Con and oh, her sure. indigenous amazing oh. fashion? Ugh. Sure. Loved it. Stop. I was watching Addie Roanhorse put together this amazing Osage ribbon work robe that she got from a photograph of her aunt and uncle of a family that was involved. And so there she is at con wearing this replica, wearing a beautiful reproduction replica of this of this Osage robe and her ribbon work was just, oh my gosh, it's just so keen. Look, she looked keen. You looked keen, Annie. <laughs> and she and uh, Dante, this Grayson, you know, looked like they were ruling the red carpet with with their fashion. And so I got a shout out to my Wajaji fashionistas. Oh yeah, they were all looking great, man. I really loved seeing them. And I got to get out a shout out to Dr. Dina Dudley Ward. She had uh, made the earrings, the tulip earrings for L- Lily Gladstone that she was wearing, and it it, it ended up being in the Vogue. Yeah. I guess Vogue website. I don't know if it, I don't even know if there's a magazine, but the Vogue and Dina would talk about how she hopes that one day her fashion would show up in Vogue. So she got her her wish come true. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, and Dr. Harjo, she had her earrings out there on the red carpet too. So yeah, so exciting. That's awesome. I gotta go look at these photos. Yeah, it was a nice couple of days. My feed was was beautiful and exciting, and I loved it. To mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that just it makes you know my normal feed, which is just misery and pets. <laughs> <laughs> it's like back and forth between misery and pets. <laughs> well, if you don't have the misery, you don't need the pets. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, everybody stay tuned for October 6th. In the meantime, read what were the two books? Pipe for February and February. And Killers of No, not Killers. No. People probably should The Death of Civil Bolton. Death of Civil Bolton. Bolton. Yeah, and Mean Spirit. And Mean Spirit. Mean Spirit. Or read one of them at least. (laughs) And be sure to get the major point of view. Pipe for February, I think, is the, the better the better of them. Yeah. Pipe of February couldn't put it down. Yeah. And so here's what the chief principal chief standing bear said about it was the movie is overwhelming. It is a historical drama and is accurate. That was an experience. So I guess he gives it a thumbs up. Be sure to support your local indigenous book store and buy your books from them. And then we will get back and talk about the books maybe between now and October. Damn it, Angela, you read my mind. I was just on Amazon trying to get. Go to Raven Reads. Way went off for joining us for talking about Killers of the Flower Moon trailer. Remember that it's out October 6th. And until then, don't just keep it real, keep it, keep it real. real. Oh, it it is. Is. Yay.